0: There's a marvellous day uh, to be had out following the River Tyne. Uh, And as we know, the River Tyne uh, divides into two just above Hexham, um, where hopefully you've uh, had a nice day out. However, the uh, North Tyne is the valley we're going to explore on this day uh, because it's going to take us all the way up to the largest uh, man-made lake in Europe and a wonderful forest Um, and on the way we're going to go through some most entertaining little places. So we're off starting at Cholliford. So take the road from Newcastle or wherever you're coming from uh, and cross the lovely little bridge at Cholliford Um, and on your right you'll see the massive George Hotel with its... uh, terrace and terraced lawns going right to the banks of the Tyne um, that we're going to follow. The uh, left turn, the the major road, would immediately take you to Chester's, the wonderful fort there. But we're going to do that on a separate day when we have a day out going along the Roman Wall. So don't worry about missing it. So cross the bridge over the, uh, the other side, um, past the George, and take the signpost to Bellingham. Uh, and that's the B6320. Uh, Repeat, 6320. And within a mile, you'll be in the delightful village of Humshof, um, which was once a marvellous place for counterfeiters because there used to be a very small paper mill here. This um, it was a, an ancient art, and this mill used to produce the m- most marvelous paper. Um, and it was used dominantly up here to forge banknotes, um, which were going to be used to uh, undermine the French Revolution, to uh, flood the, uh, the French with counterfeit franc notes all made up in himself, uh, However, not now, although we might uh, think it's still a good idea, but, but best not to. Um, so on the banks uh, of the town up here, there's a little Peel, uh, Horton Castle it's called, uh, which is almost totally destroyed by the border reavers from Liddlesdale in 1542, but it's been restored now and it's in private hands And it stands very peacefully now on the uh, gentle bend of the the north town. So, continue up the valley, and your next stop and the next spot to have a look at is one of the oldest churches in the valley, and it's in the village of Simonburn. Now, this 12th century beauty stands uh, very serenely, at uh, the back of the uh, the village green. Um, and although the tradition of the site was that it was occupied by the disciples of St. Kentigern, now he was St. Mungo, as he was ultimately called, who founded uh, Dumbarton eventually um, in the 7th century. Um, he, of course, had been uh, uh, set adrift in, in a coracle with his... Uh, His mother, um, as he was the illegitimate uh, child who was sired by uh, uh, Oswin, uh, Owen, the the king, the glorious king of the West. However, that's another story. So this church is astonishing because uh, its chancel is over forty-eight feet long, and it's nineteen feet broad, and it dates from the end of the twelfth century. So you can just imagine how many people this was built to accommodate. Uh, because at one point in its history, the church served the largest parish ever in England. It was over 100 square miles. So there's 100 square miles of Christians had this one place to collectively worship. Uh, however, this has now divided this parish into... A more manageable seven parishes. So uh, it's an interesting church, very nice vaulted arch to, to, to its entry, and has a wonderful tranquillity about it. Um, of course, the North Tyne Valley was certainly one of the most untranquil places you could ever come across. Um, so much so, in fact, that uh, as the Tyne meanders along and you approach Walk. it was once the headquarters of the Keeper of Tyndale. It was a a government office um, instituted to protect English interests. Now, it didn't seem to work too well for Sir George Heron was killed here after the raid of the Reedswire in 1575. So it's a multinational little spot, really, because... This was once part of Scotland, strangely enough, and in 1150, as part of Tyndale, uh, the Scottish kings held a court here in 1293. Uh, Proceed along very gently because it's uh, that kind of a road, lots of trees, beautiful river, and you'll come to the Battlesteads Hotel which has been uh, regenerated into the most sumptuous um, and generous accommodation, serving food that is talked about up and down the valley. It's very, very good. Um, So you might want to um, have a dry sherry here before you cross the Tyne, uh, the bridge there, um, and go on to the opposite bank because you can see from this bank, Chip Chase Castle, but it's in private hands, and whilst it's got a splendid tower, um, you can't actually um, go around it. It's still inhabited. Um, And in the mid-1300s, it's got a a very fine Jacobean extension. However, the gardens are a delight, and uh, if you telephone beforehand, you may visit these by appointment, so that 's Chip Chase uh, back over the bridge and follow the signpost to Bellingham, so merrily along the uh, the road until you come to Bellingham, which is tucked in the valley quite neatly, um, accessed by the bridge, which was built in eighteen thirty five and as you cross it, you may well, your uh, I might be caught by the Riversdale Hotel on the left of the bridge, an excellent hostelry, fine food, lots of lovely rooms. Um, however, there's a very eloquent testament to indulgence here, because uh, there's a private cricket pitch on the hotel. It may not still be there, but who knows, but it used to be there when it was owned by John, a Yorkshireman, who... Uh, would arrange a fixture for you, if you were that way inclined, and he'd provide local opposition uh, only on the basis that you uh, inhabited the rooms uh, and drank and feasted in his hotel afterwards. So it was uh, much entertainment in that direction. However, you're going to pass that later on your way to uh, to Kielder, but now we're going to bear, oh, over the bridge, bear right... And as we come into the village, do take care, because on the right-hand side, barely concealed uh, by a few houses, um, but it is small, you have the, uh, the village church, which was built in 1200, and it's almost hidden amongst the houses. Um, as you see it, you'll, if your eyes take taken to the roof, which it may be, you'll be amazed to see huge amounts of uh, big stone slabs there. Um, and these were put there uh, some time ago. The uh, local inhabitants got sick to death of the Scots raiding and plundering the church and dragging off the timbers uh, up the valley, that uh, having rebuilt it on one occasion, they had the the local stonemasons quarry the big slabs for them to put on the roof to uh, prevent the Scots uh, doing it again. So that's the story of that. The... um, There's another little curiosity that may entertain you in the churchyard because there uh, in the churchyard is a little sign that says the Lang Pack, L-A-N-G, the Lang Pack. Now this tale is told in the Ettricks Shepherd's tale of the Long Pack. Now this is when a pack, uh, a a Tinker's Pack, a large pack that used to contain all of their uh, wares for sale, was left at the local Lee Hall, which was the uh, home of Colonel Ridley. Um, And it was left by a tinker who said he would return the following day to expose the contents of this pack and his merchandise to Colonel Ridley and his family to see if they would uh, be short of anything and may buy from him. So he went on his way, but a young ploughboy was very suspicious about this uh, pack, and he discharged a musket into it uh, and killing the brigand who was hiding inside it. Um, uh, A small brigand had been uh, uh, secreted away in this pack uh, and had intended to emerge during the night and and plunder the hall. So um, his resting place is well marked within the churchyard at the Lang Pack. That's his final resting place. Um... Also, the uh, uh, Wallington Hall comes to mind when you talk of tales like this because you'll see just outside of Bellingham on your left when you go towards Kilda, Hesley side Hesleyside, Hesleyside Hall. Now, that was the, um, the home of the Charlton family. Fearsome bunch, absolutely fearsome. Uh, and William Bell Scott's mural in Wallington Hall depicts a 15th century uh, table, a dining table, where the mistress of the house has just lifted the lid on an ashet, which is the great big plate that a joint of meat would normally rest upon. Um, And on this plate is just a spur, a riding spur. And this was um, always meant as an indication to the master of the household that there was no meat left in the larder and they would have to go and steal some. And the Charlton's boast was always that they slept on English ground but fed on Scottish beef. So that's a little aside, but uh, you're in Bellingham now and it's really quite an interesting little spot because it's so far up the valley and it services so many remote um outlying farmsteads that its shops carry the most extraordinary range of products it's they're huge and they really are a very entertaining place to have a little wander about when you're uh in the uh center of bellingham if you go a little bit uh well down the main street and turn right you'll find a sign that directs you up to the uh Hairshaw. Hairshaw Lynn. L-I-N-N. Lynn is the um, Celtic word for a a waterfall. And this is a delightful sight. It's um, 30 feet of rushing water when there's been some rain in the hills. Um, And it's an excellent little stroll. Beautifully wooded. Reminiscent a little of uh, routing Lynn. But... um, Don't be confused, because on the way there's a very little Lynn, tiny little six or seven foot waterfall, and I've known people have come to this and thinking, that's the waterfall and retreating, but it's not. You've got to go further up. So before you leave Bellingham, there are two things. Uh, First of all, if you went to the Heritage Centre in the centre of the old station yard, for there used to be a railway up here from Hexham, um, there's a railway carriage, uh, and that's local interest of that uh, former times, but it goes back and back and back and back as a museum. There are all sorts of things, flint arrowheads and all Ro- Roman coins and things, but um, very neatly displayed uh, and uh, well worth the, 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 the entry price, which I think is only a couple of shillings, or uh, even... Uh, Uh, a euro or something like that, who knows. But uh, do have a look because it supports them locally. The other thing that uh, you may be fortunate enough, if you're visiting in the end of summer or the very beginning of uh, uh, autumn, you may have arrived on show day. Now, um, Bellingham Show, which is where all the local farmers compete uh, with their livestock and their produce for a variety of prizes, um, there'll be a, anything up to four to 5,000 people there. Come from miles around to this uh, particular day out. It's like a Spanish fiesta. It's amazing. But one of the highlights also is there is a, a world championship that occurs here in the uh, Bellingham show for the Cumberland and Westmoreland wrestling title. Um, at a specific weight. It's about 11 stones, I think. Anyway, you see all the lads, the callants, the local boys, in their John L's and their external uh, bathing trunks, um, looking a bit like Superman, with their string vests. And they wrestle with the most uh, amazing intensity and no little skill. Very interesting to watch. Bellingham Show and its wrestling. Um, However, if uh, you've had enough of that, and it's quite difficult to tear yourself away, particularly were you to be a golfer, because uh, there is an 18-hole golf course here, which is extremely testing, I can promise you, having played it. But um, if you're on your way to Kielder, and the lake and the water sports are calling you, you must now leave the village retrace your steps, don't go back over the bridge, keep going on to Kielder and Tarsit. Nice little narrow road, but um, beautiful scenery left and right, you'll be enchanted. Um, a lot of it above the tree line of course, lovely moorland, but as you go along you'll be able to see on your left, uh, nestling in the uh, the uh, crook of a hill, Hesleyside Hall, the home of the Charlton's that I referred to earlier, who were starving for the lack of beef. Um, And then a little bit further on, there's the village of Tarsit. And Elizabeth I recorded this um, to her um, advisers and said that it was the most hateful and dangerous place in my realm. And so it was. Um, For there, the inhabitants only obeyed the only rule that they knew and that was that of the sword Um, and they would never admit that any man or woman was better than they were. Um, Corbett Jack and Hodge Corby they still haunt the fells Um, and you will be able to see at the junction where you go left to Kielder or right to Greenhoff the mound and the moat of Tarset Castle that, uh, that used to exist there, but was one of the castles that was um, totally destroyed by treaty after the uh, ascension to the throne of James VI of Scotland and first of England, obviously, when they sort of demilitarized the border and had X number of castles on either side of the border uh, demolished. Now you've got a choice. Do I go on to Kielder and disport myself on the lake, or should I go to Greenhof? And what's at Greenhof to tempt me? Well, there are two things, really. I think the first thing to uh, announce to you is that as you go to Greenhof, you enter what is one of the few black zones in the United Kingdom. Because here, from here on, um, all the way through to Kielder and beyond, you are in a black zone and you must illuminate only by LED lights. Um, So the whole place can be in the dark. So if you want to be kept in the dark, go to the Hollybush Inn, because here you may see the most remarkable sight at night time. You will see the sky exactly the same way as your ancestors 3,000 years ago saw it. You can see every star in the sky because there is no light pollution, no artificial light is allowed in the black zone. So if you want to see the Milky Way or Orion's Belt or whatever you want to see, you will see it most vividly here more than anywhere else in the country. So that's at uh, at Greenhoff and the Hollybush pub. But go beyond that um, and after a couple of miles you'll see a sign down to Black Midden's Basel. Uh, and this really is worthwhile because it is effectively in the middle of nowhere. And it is the remains of the uh, fortified farmhouse, the Basel, um, that both or all the inhabitants of the border, left or right, Scots or English, had to have to retain and maintain their uh, domestic existence by sharing their uh, house and home with their livestock, having the cattle uh, underneath on the ground floor and they climbing up their external staircase and living above it. So... Uh, It's a ruin, obviously, but it is a brilliant place and you can just imagine living there with the sword under your pillow each night waiting for either side to come and attack you. So uh, that's Black Midden's Bastille. Not a lot of people go there, but if you've gone, I applaud you. So go back the way you came, passing the holly bush again and head off towards... um, Kielder, a big signpost, and also the town of Falston. But a little, about half a mile down the road, um, uh, is the ancient town of uh, um, Falston, which is uh, Anglo-Saxon Fauston for a stronghold, and if this is the home of the Robsons in fir- former times, um, most of these villages and towns. Were dominated by a family whose name was vitally important to them uh, and a badge of honour to defend at all times. And the Robsons um, always boasted that their men were honest men, save doing a little shifting for a living. Shifting, of course, is thieving. So uh, you may pass the um, um, Pheasant Inn on the left hand side, which is an absolute delight. Certainly, uh, well noted uh, for its uh, for its pheasant and its steaks and its everything else it serves because they're all beautifully cooked and presented, and at a very reasonable price. Now, um, if you go to Falston uh, Inn, you'll have to cross the bridge, uh, and make sure if you're on an ancestor uh, kick and you're looking for your ancestors, and you found one of them may have lived in Falston, and you want to go to the graveyard. Well, the graveyard is outside of the village, and it's on your right before you cross the bridge. So do take note of that. But um, crossing over the bridge is a delightful pub, the the Black Cock, um, cheery reception, a very decent pint, um, and uh, an excellent place to... uh, Reminisce about uh, the reaving times with whomsoever happens to be in there. Um, So, uh, over the bridge again, uh, on on to Kielder. Um, And there, of course, you're uh, at the largest land made lake um, in the United Kingdom. Well, I think perhaps even Europe, who knows? Certainly one of the largest man made forests you are at Kielder Water and you will see its dam um, underneath the Kielder Water itself are at least two villages and one church that were submerged. But there's a very fine vista of all of this uh, to be admired and a great place to take photographs at Tower No, which is uh, where you may park and have a picnic. Um, So there's lots for you to do now, Um, not a great deal historically unless you want to go further up into the little village of Kielder uh, and see its castle which actually was a former hunting lodge for the Dukes of Northumberland. Um, For a while they had the most extraordinary rugby team um, that we used to play against from Tyndale. and they were always noted for when they were losing, kicking the ball into the stream, and it used to take it for miles down. If you only had the one ball, the game could go on forever. But that's another another tale. But um, Kielder is a, a, a purpose-built recreation area, as well as being built to uh, be able to furnish all of the pit props that were going to be needed, or thought to be needed, for the uh, coal industry around uh, north Northumberland and Durham. Because by the time the trees had matured, the coal and the pits were gone. So it just exists in its own right to provide timber for the mill at Hexham, which does a great uh, trade in MDF boards. but. On Kielder you can uh, sail, paddleboard, uh, birdwatch, watch, um, whatever anybody wants to do in the water, really. Uh, and also just sit and look at it uh, at the lakeside uh, at one of the cafes. Um, very tranquil, very peaceful. One or two cabins for you to hire if you so chose to stay there and be totally blacked out because you're still in a black area. Um... But if you're looking for remoteness, look no further. So that's it. Um, The end of the day. Time to uh, retrace your steps to wherever you intend to lay your head. Um, And if you've enjoyed it, which I sincerely hope you have, or you want to uh, leave a message, you may go to the website uh, www.nathumbriadaysout.com can download the day in hard copy if you choose. Or if you'd like to have a pint with me, just uh, put it in. And I'll raise a glass to you next time I'm in the ship at Seahouses. But thanks for your company.